The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum and welcome to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana and today is the 27th of April and it is just 10 o'clock. I hope you have had a wonderful morning so far Um, and we are obviously still in Ramadan. Inshallah your fasting is going very well Um, and I know it's pretty, um, I mean I know I for one am probably struggling more with sleep than I am with with food and drink or the lack of it anyway Um, but inshallah it is going well for you please obviously do remember to keep everyone and myself as well in your du'as. So I'm really excited today on the book club show to be talking about this wonderful zine by the Hither Collective Um, and this in particular is the fourth issue and it is called the water issue um, and I don't know how many of you might know of um, Hither Collective's work but they've done some amazing issues even before this one um, and just to give you a little bit of background to this particular issue from the editor's note um, and it starts by saying say just think if all your water were to sink deep into the earth who could you give you flowing water in its place and obviously that's an ayah from the Quran um, when we read the Quranic story of Prophet Yunus salam, who who exclaimed from within the belly of the whale, there is no God but you, glorified be you. We are reminded of our helplessness when facing the most potent force on the Almighty's earth. Water creates and water destroys. In the vast breadth of the universe, the existence of water is always a sign of life as we know it. For centuries, it has mapped our paths and has been as costly to us as it was to the Prophet Yunus that day. So that's just a little bit of the um, introduction. It then goes on um, talking about more specifically um, water uh, being, uh, well, covering 70% of the planet's surface. So water is a spiritual healer to those making pilgrimage to the Ganges River and a medicinal healer in historical traditions spanning as far back as the Han Dynasty. Water is an indispensable and necessary now as it was for Hajar as she ran desperately between Safa and Marwad to find only a mirage. It is an object as feared and despaired now as it was for the Prophet Musa and his people, who stood gazing at its expanse with the great threat, uh, with the urgent threat of death behind them. Um, So there's a really lovely um, reference to obviously the fact that as people of faith out of the Muslim faith, um, to have a resource like this, to have an amazing um, um, kind of, well, a zine, you know, which is full of such rich, rich um, artistic. artistic endeavours by so many, you know, um, amazing people is definitely something I was really excited um, to to have. Um, And the most well, the most exciting thing is that I am joined by um, the um, Nishat Nishat. I am joined by Nishat Alam, who is a photography editor of Hither Collective Zine. Uh, Nishat works in a museum and in archives. She is interested in art and social history and is trying to document light and life on three, 35 millimeter film. Um, her IG is at not Nishat, um, and also that is the same for Twitter. Um, I also am joined by one of the contributors to um, the Hither Collective of the Water Issue, and that is Abu Noor. Um, now, Abu Noor is, I think, the one of the youngest contributors to um, the zine. He is a 15, 15-year-old homeschooler and illustrator based in Luton. He has a keen interest in architectural and futuristic designs, but still admires and looks upon old masters for inspiration. Um, and his Instagram is at Abu Noor 2005. Um, so I'm really delighted to join, for, to have them join me on the show. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for, for um, taking your time out to be with us on the show today. Um, so I think the really, I, I think the best place to start really would be um, with Nishat, with yourself. Um, what, what, what is actually the Hither Collective and what, um, you know, how did that come into, into being? So we're a group of um, 10 uh, young Muslim artists and um, we the main body of work that we produce is the Hidr Collective scene. Um, we set up in 2017, so it's been about four years now, um, uh, primarily as a platform for young Muslim artists. Um, we were looking for a space for 
um, you know, people who didn't really have access or um, a means to be published um, in kind of more mainstream uh, spaces. Um, and so that, so really we are a, a space for those people. Um, we're not just for Muslim artists and writers, we also feature non-Muslims um, and mostly people who are from marginalized backgrounds. So people who kind of from the same sorts of um, places that we're from as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, so at the, at the, the time that the, um, the collective was set up, there was a lot, I mean, there still is lots in the media, lots in the news, um, of, uh, you know, quite, quite negative and problematic ways that Muslims are portrayed. Um, and so the, the collective was something that we wanted to um, start in order to be able to tell our own stories by, you know, by ourselves. Um, and that's not something we didn't want to sort of start something that sort of said, uh, we, you know, that's the, the, this is what we're really about. We just kind of wanted to be practicing practice our, um, you know, our own faith in, mm. in our own ways and be ourselves, really. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's sort of the reasons that we, that we were set up. Mm. And I mean, that's, you know, amazing journey in itself, actually. And, and I think it sometimes does happen where we do need to create our own spaces, you know, in order to, I guess, you know, challenge the, the status quo or, or, you know, create our own platform. So it's amazing to hear that. Um, and I guess my next question really was, um, so what exactly is a zine? Because, you know, there, there might be listeners out, out there thinking, I have no idea what, what, what that means. It obviously sounds like magazine, or is it a type of book? So could you explain a little bit um, about what, what that is and how it differs from other things? Yeah, so a zine is just short for magazine. Um, the difference is that it's self-published. So there's no kind of big organisation um, behind us. It's, it's just a small group of people. Sometimes um, some zines are just made by one person. And, you know, those people are making all the kind of editorial decisions. Um, so that kind of independence, it gives us a lot of freedom to publish what we want. Uh, which is very refreshing in the um, kind of the traditional publishing spaces, which don't always want to make space for us, mm. um, you know, for, for minorities, from uh, for, for people like us. Mm. So it's, um, yeah, it's quite a good route for people who don't um, necessarily have the access to go through mainstream publishing. Mm. Um, it also means that, you know, you're able to kind of speak about what you want, you can make what you want. So um, a lot of zines are political, um, they're used as a means of protest. And it's, I think actually the fact that zine culture, DIY culture, um, the fact that it exists and it's so huge, um, especially amongst young people, um, it's so powerful when it comes to activism. Um, yeah, a zine can kind of look like anything. Ours is, looks a certain way, it's kind of, uh, kind of big and kind of shiny but a zine can also be a folded piece of paper um, that's you know mm -hmm. it folds together to look like a book and uh, you can print it and distribute it and actually that's the kind of zines that we were making in the workshop that Abnur and I were uh, mm -hmm. met at so, um, yeah you know that and that, that sounds amazing and actually it kind of links into the question I was going to ask Abunur so how did you first hear about um, the, the collective and how did you get involved? Uh, so I first met them, um, as I said, um, in, at, at MFest, um, which was in the British uh, Library in, back in 2018. Um, and I was attending the scene making workshop. Um, and yeah, so I brought my drawings with me to show them. And I think they, they found it quite uh, interesting. And they encouraged me to, um, you know, to uh, get my work published in the next issue, which was Frontiers. And when it was published, uh, yeah, and it was published. Um, so yeah, that's that's how it started, really. That's amazing. And obviously, you, you say 2018, and you're 15 yeah. now. So you would have been obviously yeah. much, much younger. So it's nice. It's so nice to be able to hear you kind of receive that encouragement. And, and I guess that's the difference when you get the right encouragement and potentially like role models at a young age, I think it can, it can really help flourish. So that's really lovely to hear. Yeah. Um, so th this, the, the, this particular issue of Sidishat is, is the water issue. So what was the inspiration um, by that in particular? Obviously I read a little bit of the, of the editor's note in reference to some ayahs of the Quran, but why that in particular at this moment in time? 
So, um, I mean, this is the broadest issue that uh, the broadest theme rather that we've um, mm. kind of addressed. Um, and usually what, what, what has tended to happen is that the, the theme that we decide to go with is um, a kind of something that's been playing on our minds and play, playing in public consciousness as well at that time. So when the first scene came out, there's a lot in there about um, uh, Islamophobia and um, sort of narratives in the media. There was a lot happening then. Um, and then, I mean, we, the water kind of... We discussed loads of different things and loads of different topics and water was the one thing that kind of encompassed all of those um, mm -hmm. ideas. So we looked at the environment, the, you know, that was one of the options. We looked at um, the politics of water, we looked at the sort of the, um, the refugee crisis as well and that's the relationship of that to water, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. Mm -hmm. um, there were, I mean, we're not we're not an Islamic scene, but there's lots in our in you know in the Quran and in Hadith that's about water, and it's um, also you know just on a personal level, it's I think a lot of people connect to it really well. Mm. Um, there's a lot we can talk about when it comes mm. to water, so um, we we decided to go with it because there was a lot that we could that could be done with it, um, and you know we're at a time where you know the climate crisis as well as being talked about um, mm. a lot more more than um, you know in, in years past so um, it felt like the right time um, to address this topic um, in, in so many different ways as well yeah yeah definitely and, and you're right it is a really broad theme and I can see obviously how that could potentially sometimes be risky you leave something a bit too wide and open you know you maybe don't know what kind of submissions you might end up getting but you know, I mean, it's an amazing theme actually definitely to go with. And, and you know, and I love obviously the, 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 the illustration itself. It's, it's obviously a, a whale in, in the ocean and it's kind of simple, but actually you look at it and it really brings you in. And so who, who, who did the um, cover for, for the zine? And, and, and again, was that, like a, was that like a joint, you know, design process and decision, you know, to, to go with it? So um, our cover is designed by our our designer and illustrator Ala Al Saraji, mm -hmm. who is a member, obviously a member of the collective as well. Mm -hmm. um, she's incredibly talented, mashallah, um, and so she did all of the design in inside of the scene and then also the cover. Um, and yeah. the uh, we actually we had I think we had a, a Google Doc going of um, ideas for the for the cover. So where you know where the the theme is so so open to interpretation. I think there were so many different options as well. Um, we had the idea of the whale. So I think I came up with this one because it was um, I was thinking of um, you know the sorts of things that you immediately think of when you think of water. We looked at how. Um, we looked at the kinds of themes and topics that were coming up in in the the content itself, um, and so I thought of the um, the story of Prophet Yunus salam in the belly of the whale, and um, so I think I just imagined it as just you know just a whale uh, you know in yeah. in the sea. And uh, one thing about all of our covers is you are you know it's um, a full image. So if you open it if you open it up fully. The, the the image goes from um, it, it you know the image is completed at the, on the back cover, um, and what we did I think I think after discussion, um, so we went with this the image of the world after discussion we um, wanted to kind of hint at what's inside um, the scene and the kind of you know add uh, maybe add another layer of. Um, um, of a story to the cover so if you go to the back cover you then see an oil slick on the the, the, the mm. tail of the um of the whale and so that's um kind of a sort of sinister mm. uh, clue as to you know the kinds of uh, topics that we might be covering inside mm. um so yeah that was again Ayla um took all of our notes on board and she um she came up this she worked very quickly to do this as well mm. um and I think it might be one of my favorite covers I think it's lovely yeah no no definitely and 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 I yeah I like that you've pointed out the the fact of of, of the back of the in the oil and yeah and actually obviously the, the meaning that that can hold as well um so Abunur, coming to you then so being part of the collective is it does that mean you um 
automatically are going to make like a submission to to their issue or, or what what was the reason for you wanting to submit to, to this to, um you know to, to this issue for um okay i think it's, it's it was quite um you know i was always very interested in this type of stuff like zine making and stuff like that so i thought okay you know clinic collective when they gave me the opportunity you know i jumped straight into it and i took it because it was it was something that really fitted with what i wanted to do mm. and yeah so when they gave me the opportunity again last year i took it and yeah there we are now great and and do you want to then talk to, uh, to us a little bit about your piece in particular so it's called um the great wave um yes. and it's absolutely wonderful I absolutely loved reading it i, I shared yes. it with my children you know mm-hmm. and because obviously it had a really powerful message but the illustration yeah. and, and everything you'd included in that was was amazing so do you want to talk a little bit about that and, and yeah, yeah. So, um you know i've always admired hawker size um uh, great wave um he's a uh, hawker is uh, 18th uh, to 19th century uh, Japanese illustrator and printmaker um, from Japan. And um, so my dad, he does kudo, which is uh, a form of Japanese archery. Um, and on some occasions they have a fun practice, sort of like, you know, like a bit like a, a, bit like a festival, a bit like that, um, where they like design decorative targets and stuff like that. Um, so I thought, so he asked me to draw the Hokusai wave on the target and it was my first time so it was quite like challenging you know with all the details and everything but I did it I put some time in it and you know he took it then and he came back and it was like oh you know people really like this design and all that and I was like okay I'm gonna get working on it and then yeah from there it just really you know I made many different versions and then I came up with this idea um yeah yeah Amazing. Yeah. And, and do you want to talk a little bit about, um, so if I, I'm literally just going to read the, the first bit that, that's in here. Um, so no masterpiece has captured my imagination as much as Hokusai's Great Wave of Kanagawa. It is simple yet striking. It reminds me of nature's unparalleled unparall- beauty with a twist of danger. Water can be tranquil at times, but at any moment it can turn deadly. Um, and then you go on obviously to talk about um, the well a little bit about the refugee crisis as well. Um, so, so do you want to talk a little bit about that? You've even mentioned you know um, something about about Banksy as we um, as well. So, do you want to just a bit more detail? Yeah. So, um, you know, these two artists like I think have been like some of my greatest inspirations really. And you know, I thought why not combine you know two different. Uh, two great different artists from two different eras into one artwork. So I came up with this idea because, you know, uh, I care deeply about, you know, what's happening in the refugee crisis. Um, and I thought, okay, how to address this issue? Um, and I came up with this idea of incorporating two different artists into one artwork. So as you can see, I um, replaced the fishing boats with rubbing, rubber dinghies full of uh, refugees and the Louis Michel coming to um, a rescue and yeah so yeah and, and I, I like Banksy because um, I find his works very like uh, interesting um, yeah very very visually attractive I would say. Yeah definitely for, for sure mm-hmm. and and obviously your, your piece in particular in, in the zine you know you end with a quote um, by Wilson Shire that no one puts their children yep. in a boat unless the water yep. is safer than the land and obviously I, I think mm-hmm. every time I've, I've come across that quote it, it, you know it, it really hits quite deeply um, so no much lights it's an amazing piece and and should how about yourself when, when you came across the piece and obviously you, to, to include it in the zine um, I mean, what did you think about think about it? Yeah, in terms of impressions, first impressions. I was, I mean, I was so blown away yet again by Abunur's talent, mashallah. Mm. Um, I mean, the Great Wave is such an iconic image. Um, it's you know, it's hard to miss. It's instantly recognisable. Um, it's even got its own emoji. It's a really important piece of work. Um, mm. So I think it was a really, it was a very unique step to take that out of its context in nineteenth century Japan. Mm. and uh, place it in the English Channel, which is a place of, um, of, of, of you know, hope and danger and, um, 
yeah, it, it's, you know, to, to replace the fishing boats with um, Banksy's rescue boat. I think it's, I think that was a really special thing to do. And it made me double take. I remember that because I thought at first you'd done just a really, really good copy of the wave. Um, and then, you know, when you look closer, it was, um, I think it's actually quite chilling. It, it kind of unsettled me. And I think that's a very powerful thing to do um, through art. So, you know, the, the issue of the refugee crisis, um, and as I said, it's the politics of water and who they belong to. These are all things we were thinking of um, mm. when we set the theme. So we knew that Abu Nur, we, we came across it, actually, we didn't know that he'd, he'd done this piece. We came across it afterwards. Uh, we thought, you know, this would fit really well. Um, there's another piece that looks, this is a non-fiction piece that looks at the same topic, um, mm. kind of looking at what, who water belongs to. So we kind of set um, our pieces alongside that almost as an accompanying illustration. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're all very big fans of the work and of the artist. Mm. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it, you know, I mean, it shows because you can tell from, from you know, holding the zine in your hand that a lot of care and, and attention has gone into it. So, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely feel that. And um, so in the sense that obviously, the, you know, Abunul, that work is kind of looking at illustration, but obviously your role, Nishad, is, is the photography editor. So um, what, what exactly does that entail in terms of, you know, the work that you're doing for, for the Hither Collective? So um, I'm kind of responsible for sourcing and selecting the photographic artwork that goes into each scene. Um, and it's a little bit different to editing, for example, nonfiction. So like if you're editing an essay, um, it's, not, it's, it, it's not quite the same. There's not really room for change. I think with a photograph, once you've, it's almost finished as soon as it's taken and or, or edited. Um, so I've never really gone back to a photographer and asked them to change something about their work. It's a little bit different with artwork. So I have um, in the past also liaised with um, uh, artists and illustrators who have contributed. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we've asked them to take one thing out or to change the background of the piece just so that it fits with the colour scheme of our scene. So it looked kind of for us almost for aesthetic purposes. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I think editing art and photography in the zine, it's more like a process of curating. Um, that does mean thinking about like the narrative of the zine, like how well the, the photos, the artwork fits with the theme, um, how well it fits amongst other content. Like if you have, if you have um, sort of loads of photos of the same, you know, the same topic, it, it doesn't really work. As, 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 even if those are really beautiful and really powerful you can't put everything in um there's also the artist statement so um I kind of have a look at that and see if the, it needs a bit of rewriting and rewording and I get help I mean with the well, I'm not working on my own the the rest of the editors where it's, it's such a collaborative process we work really really well together especially on this scene um and so there's a, a lot of the time I'll ask someone for a hand in editing so we'll work on each other's pieces um and yeah I mean that it, you you kind of really feel the support when you do that um and it kind of makes you more confident as well um so yeah that's kind of what I do no, it sounds it sounds very cool actually what you do, and and um it's been nice to to hear about that. And and is this something that you've always been interested in? Like even you know growing up, is did you know that this is kind of some of what you want to do in terms of your artistic practice and and be involved in in a project like that? Um, so I I mean I come from a history background. I've got a degree in history and I work in museums. And um, but I I come from a very artistic family, so I've I've always loved art and um, always kind of been brought up to appreciate it, I think. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's something that I would do full time. I should say that none of us are doing, um, when we don't work on the collective full time. We all have full time or part time jobs or the studying. So we kind of fit this in, in and around um, our work. Um, but yeah, I, I've, um, you know, I go to a lot of exhibitions. I've been you know, reading a lot, I think, as, as a young child, I think looking, um, reading children's books and looking at illustrations, that's quite important because um, mm -hmm. uh, I have such vivid memories of books through their artwork. So I think that's partly um, my 
mm-hmm. I, I, the reason I'm sort of drawn to illustration in particular. And then with photography, I think I've just, you know, I had, I, I've played with disposable cameras and I had like a, a digital compact camera when I was at school. Mm-hmm. And then um, I kind of got into film photography about six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that kind of changed the game a bit because it's so different to digital photography. Um, and yeah, so that, that's been going for, for the last few years amazing that's that's lovely and it's it's nice to be able to I mean it's so important that you mentioned actually that you you, you as a collective not working on this full time and, and I think that is probably a conversation to have you know in itself and uh, you know I admire you guys all all uh, so much more you know to be able to do something so amazing um so we are approaching um the end of the first half of the show we are talking about Hither Collective and their uh, fourth issue which is called the water issue um, I am joined in the studio by Nishat Alam and Abu Noor who are talking about their work on this zine in particular um, but in the meantime yes we are going to go to a break obviously I can't tell you to go and have a snack because we're fasting but you know maybe have a little bit of a break maybe a stroll um, in the garden or something and we will be back with you in a few moments so assalamu alaikum Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana and it is Tuesday the 27th of April and it's just gone half 10. Um, and we are today talking about Hither Collective, the water issue. And um, I'm really, really honoured to have in the studio with me today, Nishat Alam and Abu Noor. Um, so Nishat is the photography editor for the zine and Abu Noor is um, one of the contributors. And just in the first half, we were talking a little bit about the inspiration by um, um, behind this um, collection in particular, um, which is the water issue, the way it's been inspired, obviously, by the story of Prophet Yunus Salam. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Abu Noor's own um, work, which is um, the, the Great Wave, um, and just talked a little bit about, um, I guess, some of the things and why it's so important to create spaces. So I guess just following on the conversation, I'm gonna invite um, Abu Noor back to talk a little bit um, about, you know, his kind of interest in visual arts and illustrations and, and kind of where that came from. So Abu Noor, do you wanna talk a little bit um, about that? Yeah, so um, from a very young age, um, I was encouraged to draw and engage in creative activities. Um, and, you know, I enjoy drawing and I found out that I was quite good at it and mm. you know because of that I was encouraged to draw uh, more often by my parents um, who took me to art galleries and museums um, and mm. uh, signed me up for a calligraphy course uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed and it was really really good um, so I think it was a, a combination of factors which really led me to uh, yeah so to where I'm now yeah, 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 definitely. And and I kind of feel that myself, I think, because um, I mean, my background as a teacher, I think I always felt that, yeah, creativity to some extent sometimes, unfortunately, is, is a little bit stifled. And, you know, um, so, yeah, no, it's amazing that you had those opportunities to go and visit different places and, and kind of and have the encouragement, you know, like we said, to, to follow follow what, what obviously you're evidently really, really good at. Um, so now and, and we, we talked obviously about your, your own particular um, work, which is um, the, the Great Wave. Um, now, obviously, the, the, the zine itself is has got some amazing, you know, it's such a rich collection of, you know, poetry, po- prose, interviews, um, just, you know, photography. It's, it's you know, it actually blows my mind. It's so amazing. Um, I've really enjoyed, you know, um, reading, reading some of the material in it. Um, there was one um, which is called um, Oceans of Allah's Divine Mercy, which I f- thought was a really it was really simple a really simple you know kind of artwork but I found it really you know quite powerful so how do you think you know how important is creativity in in highlighting those aspects of our faith that we don't always get to you know kind of explore I think it's important because it is very important because you know to convey the beauty and you know the attributes of Allah um is 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 really um yeah an effective way I think um, also he's not limited um, and it highlights his, you know, his mercy, his power, you know, his creation. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's definitely important. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I completely echo what you've said. And initially, how about how about yourself? I mean, that, you know, work in particular I mentioned, um, but also just just generally speaking, how, how do you think, yeah, it, it, from faith and creativity, how important are those things? Um, kind of what um, Abhinav just said, I completely agree. I think there is, um, it's, it's so important and too often I think it's, um, uh, maybe pushed it aside a little bit when you think when you um, prioritize um, you know sort of different things that you can be that you can um, pursue um, there I mean there's the hadith that the prophet said um, God is beautiful and he loves beauty mm. and um, it's something that we should always take into account um, and um, try and adhere to um, I think creativity and art and design it's you know a lot of the time it's inspired by nature and I think because of that it's also a form of thicker this is the always the way I see it mm-hmm. um either because it's up you know you're you're subconsciously reminded or it purposefully reminds you of Allah through the beauty of his creation um of history and of humanity and and you know Nadia's piece Oceans of Allah's Divine Mercy it does all of this you know she's she's used natural indigo dyes so she's used natural resources she's water of course um she has the technique that she's used is this centuries old um Japanese shibori tie-dyeing technique um and of course she's printed the word Allah over and over on the fabric so and that itself I think is almost like hearing the chants of dhikr mm. but in a visual way so um it's it's definitely I think that's a really good one to highlight it's um it's done in a very clever way Nadi's a very talented artist mashallah mm. um and, and and yeah I think it comes back to that remembrance of God I think that any form of art really it doesn't really have to be visual art mm. it can be music it can be dance it can be sculpture you know it's um, I think that anything that reminds you of of God um, can only be a good thing. Yeah, yes, definitely. And and I think it's, it, you know, do you think that we still need to change, you know, some people still need to change, you know, maybe our attitudes towards creativity as, as Muslims? Do you think that's improving or, or do you think that, you know, what else can be done, do you think? Um, I think it's quite hard to answer that one because um, when you're in when you're in the bubble of um, of of uh, I guess the art world or guess or the you know the Islamic the Muslim art world anyway, mm-hmm. um, especially in London, it's very easy to forget that um, uh, you know that not not everyone ha- is in this bubble mm-hmm. and that it's, it might be very new to um, lots of people um, to to kind of center art in this way mm-hmm. um, but I so I, I think that I think that people have come a long way probably mm-hmm. um, there's a kind of a stereotype um, which is you know it, it's it's definitely ground there is some kind of truth behind it that a lot of um, you know a lot of Muslim families have traditionally not always wanted their children to pursue art as you know subject at school or as as a career and that and that I think that's changing because um you know lots of people are going into it. and you can see I think I mean Abunur's family doesn't seem like the kind of family who've, who who do that because he's, mm-hmm. he's definitely been encouraged to um to pursue his this his talent and um you know I I, I think that's a, that's a really good thing in terms of um the sort of wider um, art world I think it's quite it's still, we, we still have a long way to go in terms mm. of getting Muslim artists out there I think a lot of the time um, when when they're not recognized in the way that they should be mm. it's a failing of the art world and mm. of the media rather than a failing of our own communities um, mm. I think that public interest in Muslim artists is sometimes limited to what's palatable and non-threatening mm. To like a western audience mm. um so you know people aren't always interested in the realities of being muslim in, in like the uk for example yeah. um sort of facing racism or islamophobia but they'd be happy to consume art mm. by you know some certain muslim artists that give them the opportunity to mm. orientalize muslims and islam or like discuss muslim women's rights or something like that we can't really yeah. right now we can't have it all it seems yeah. um and so i think that there is there is a lot more that that could be done i think that there are lots of muslim organizations that are championing arts um Mm. and um especially in recent years and i think that's um the right way to go um i think that the wider art world probably does need to open up to Mm. um, to us a bit more 
Yeah, definitely. And I think, and I think, yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying, because there's so much um, kind of tick box, you know, um, kind of initiatives out there. And, and there's so much performativity, I think, as well, when it comes to organisations, because, and, and I've always struggled to kind of reconcile, actually, you know, where you, you, you're provided with maybe a, a certain opportunity, but it's always in it, through the through the lens of, oh, but we're there to develop you, we're there to um, kind of, uh, you know, support, but a very limited support. And like you said, I think it's, it's very, um, it's very maybe one dimensional. Um, so definitely, you know, I, I think you're completely right. It's just not necessarily a failing of our own communities. Um, you know, that, you know, even for example, you know, the Arts Council that, or, you know, lots of um, kind of bodies like that, that, they're trying to push diversity, but I do sometimes question whether or not they, they really understand the, the true meaning of, of what that is. So, um, I mean, do, 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 would it be okay to talk a little bit about, because obviously you mentioned that, you know, that there's a team of you um, behind the Hitler Collective, you know, you obviously are, are doing this almost in your, in your spare time. Um, where where is like the funding for this coming from, or you know how about you know that side of things, and and what and I guess that's my first part of the question. And secondly, what about maybe other um, groups of people out there who, who are doing maybe something similar, a similar maybe at a more grassroots level, and they maybe want to take the next step. What 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 would they have to do? So um, we've been funded by different um, charities and trusts for each zine. So we get a pot of money and um, use, you know, put that towards printing costs and paying our contributors. Um, And um, so this zine was funded by the Fenton Arts Trust. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The first one was funded by Amal, which is a charity. It's an amazing charity, actually. It's Mm -hmm. um, it really champions and pushes um, Muslim arts, Muslims Mm -hmm. in the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a natural um, kind of uh, trust to go with mm-hmm. um, and yeah they, they you kind of put in an application and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of um, you probably need to do a bit of research and one thing that we um, we really strived to do was to do research behind where we were getting our money from mm-hmm. um, we you know as we, we I think we set a, a, a man you know a, a set of uh, principles that we wanted to follow um, and to adhere to certain ethics and so we you know there's there's lots of um, funding bodies out there who are ultimately funded by someone who's sometimes got their money not in the most honorable way mm. um, and so we we made the effort to kind of do our research behind that and make sure that we that's not how we were getting our money mm-hmm. um so that was that was quite important to us it might you know it it might not apply to other organizations and that's that's mm-hmm. fine um yeah. there's lots of things there's i mean there's loads of in- initiatives that were pr- um funded by prevent which we mm-hmm. are against yes. um and so um yeah that's that is something to look out for in terms of other organizations i mean we, we weren't the first at all by any means we weren't the biggest we weren't the most successful um we have so many friends who are um so talented and make brilliant brilliant scenes um and you know some a lot of the time they you know they're not always I don't think we we are um the only collective of our kind but I think we maybe tend to centre more uh, Muslim artists and um in, in our work than our than other publications might do even if they are also by uh, Muslim artists and feature Muslim artists they might you know they're not always um we're not quite, we're not quite, quite the same as each other but um mm. yeah I, th- I think if you if you are a smaller organization and a smaller collective um and you're looking for that I, I think personally quite kind of do look at what you prioritize and um what you think is worth it I mean you could get a very large sum of money and do an amazing thing with it but um you know, as, as a collective, we, made, we we thought that we wouldn't, we'd rather not do that if it means somebody was hurt in the process of getting that money, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it really comes down to your personal priorities. Um, there's, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of uh, organisations out there. There's um, Andrew Wainwright Trust, uh, I think, funded our website. And uh, Amal, again, was another one. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's there are definitely um, some great, some great trusts out there to um to approach if you're if you're looking for a larger sum of money and you know you mentioned arts council um you're i do you know i kind of agree with you because um there is uh, i think not just in the arts world but just generally there's this kind of 
the word diversity is thrown out about a bit and people need to be seen to be um, doing certain things. Mm. Um, however, I, I, I don't know if, you know, I don't think there's anything, you know, if you did get that money, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There's, mm-hmm. you, if you need that money um, and they want to give it to you, I think you should take it as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, good luck as well if you, yeah, you're... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, thank you for thank you for sharing that. I think that's really, you know, important to know. And um, but yeah, and I think I agree with you. This is it, and it's so important, I think, to have those, you know, values that that you all, I guess, agree agree upon. And then, you know, I guess it just makes navigating those difficult conversations or, you know, difficult, you know, pots of money, so to speak, it, it just makes it easy, isn't it, if you've got a set of values and you know that you're going, you're going to stick to them and you know it's it's important to be able to do that. Um now, there was a piece, um, obviously, another um, in, in um, the water issue called um, Rain Water, um, which is by um, M. Hussain, which I really, really loved. It's a really beautiful example of Arabic Kufic script, but it's done um, in, like a, in like a pixel format, which is so cool. And I, and I love Kufic script. I, I, I know even I got my, my logo done in it. I like it so much. And um, so, Abu Noura, obviously, for somebody yourself who obviously it's more to do kind of with, with illustration. What was your kind of opinion on that piece? Is it, is it something that, um, you know, you, you know, resonated with you or, or is it something that maybe even you would um, kind of explore? Um, you know, we're sure because I think, you know, f- from my point of view, I think more could be done um, sort mm-hmm. of to appeal to the youth, especially. Um, mm-hmm. And not all people are interested in traditional art. Um, I, I know many people are doing digital art now. Mm. And um, yeah, so I think doing something different, maybe something unique, I think it will draw in more, uh, more of an audience, um, especially from the youth. And I think that's very important. Yeah, definitely. And, and actually, it's, it's true, I guess what, you know, um, myself and maybe Nisha were talking more about, you know, organisations generally, but, but yeah, in terms of as, as a young person, you've obviously been given this opportunity by, by the, the collective, but what do you think organisations, other organisations maybe need to do a bit more differently to make sure they are giving a platform for, for young, for young artists? Um, so I think that, you know, it, sh- it should be, um, a straightforward sort of process um, and because you know many young artists and I know many young artists that you know they do different styles so digital uh, traditional uh, like me um, and I think that I think they need to probably incorporate those you know different t- sort of styles and you know I think that will make it much more interesting and much more um, accessible mm. to, to a wider audience. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And, and, and actually, that's a, it's a really key point that, that you've made, because sometimes processes are so like, you know, inaccessible or the process is so long winded. Yeah. And actually, maybe people sometimes organizations don't realize that that becomes a barrier, you know, to, to yes. engagement, yeah. you know, in itself. So, yeah, no, that's definitely um, something you know to think about. So thank you. Um, so again, you know, um, there's, I know in, in terms of the water issue, um, there's a like an interview with Sabrina Mahfouz on, on the history of water in the Middle East, which I really enjoyed reading because I, I went to see this play at the Royal Court and, and absolutely loved it. So it was nice to be able to get a bit of background um, to that play in itself. Um, the one, there's another piece that I really wanted to talk about, which was um, more specifically um, the comic. And I am frantically trying to find the right page that it's on but the comic itself is based on um um i'll see that the um hadith or the story of um basically quenching you know someone's thirst and it, it involves two characters um so um, anisha in terms of um that piece um in particular you know do you think obviously because it is it is a comic based you know piece of artwork um do you think that people make assumptions about comics and, and, th- and for that reason, maybe don't read them or could it be the opposite? What are your thoughts on that? Um, definitely, um, because I know that I did. Um, I, I think you tend to think you associate comics with like superheroes, which mm-hmm. you know aren't for everyone, um, but they are, you know, it, they are such an amazing medium for expression and for storytelling, mm-hmm. um, as you can see from from this uh, comic about Sophia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you can you make a statement about something. So we've had a comic in each scene um, since the start. Mm-hmm. 
and they varied from you know current affairs or to like I think the last one was familial relationships so this mm. one it's it's a really sweet comic actually it's really it's an educational comic as well which is um a little bit different to the previous ones um so yeah I, I think that um there there is definitely um a pre you know people mm. people don't tend to say probably if you ask them if you if they would be interested in reading a comic they might not say yes but mm. I, I think when you are given one or when you come mm. across one you do read it because visually they um they are very attractive mm. um you can you know you can tell um again you can tell a really good story through them mm. um and uh I, again like I said they're, they're just a really good um, way to do something and this comic I should say this comic was drawn by uh, Maha Yassin who is a Sudanese artist based in Egypt mm -hmm. and she was commissioned through um, Khidr Comics Lab which is um, like a fairly new offshoot of Khidr Collective and it was thought up by our, our one of our founders Zane and uh, Kamel who is an artist who's produced comics for us in the past and um, the Comics Lab is this platform this space for comic artists and writers and again from like diverse backgrounds who you know they are some of the most talented and clever and funny people and you can you know even just going on Instagram and seeing the Muslim um, comic writers and artists out there I think um, really opens your eyes a little bit and it you do realize that um, the kind of the potential that comics have um, they can be for everyone they can be you know, loads of different things there's mm -hmm. one in particular um, uh, her name is Nasima, and her at is Muslima Mm -hmm. And she talks about um, the kind of the experiences of being a Muslim woman uh, in comic form. And, and you know, there, there's the, the kind of an element of relatability, which is mm -hmm. how you draw people in. And, and again, there's the humour in it. Um, and so I think it's it's a really, really good tool. It's really, really clever. Um, and it's also really hard to do. I think it's um, I think it's, you've got to be really talented to do this. So uh, the Comics Lab is a space for those um, those writers to kind of their, for for their work to be commissioned, and you can kind of buy um, their mm -hmm. comics online um, through through the Comics Lab. So it's um, yeah, I think that we're, we're trying to maybe challenge those those assumptions um, yes. and, and to encourage people to read them. And so you know, having one in each scene. Um, you have to read it. You have to read it if you come across it. There's no way you can miss it um, because they are they are pretty. And, and I'm so glad that you've said that because I, I I definitely was one of those that oh it's a comic why would I <laughs> why would I want to but but actually recently yeah. and. And I, you know, I, I shouldn't even admit it, but even my children, when they've wanted to pick up a comic in the past, I've, I've kind of actually frowned upon it because <laughs> I'm like, no, no, you should be reading like a proper book. But actually, I'm so glad that that um, you know, I, you know, something's happened to, to change that attitude. And and definitely, I think, and and like you said, because in the zine, it's just that one thing, and, and it's actually centered quite um, interesting. You know, it, near the near, near the middle of the book as well. So as you are, um, you know, kind of just. Um, going through the pages that's exactly what I did I did stop in my tracks and thought oh this is really interesting and um and again I think the the accessibility of it and the fact that you know I think it's never a good idea just to assume that actually you know when we're talking about literature reading it has to be in a particular format um but yeah so and and, and the idea of visuals is, is always really really um I think fun which is which is great um Abunur, what about you what did you think about that that piece and are you into comics yourself um so I think that, you know, some, I totally agree with the um, notion that people do make assumptions about comics. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think people think that comics are not serious, sometimes even childish, mm. or parents may think that it's not educational or of any benefit to their child. Um, but, you know, from, from my experience, in my experience, um, I grew up with comics, uh, for example, since a young age, for example, uh, Tintin. Um, and you know my parents were quite selective with uh, you know with the comics that I read but I enjoyed all of them mm. uh, and I think I did benefit from it um, and now um, as I got older mm. um, I started reading Joe Sacco mm. I don't know if you've heard of him uh, but one of um, yeah. my favorite works is uh, Palestine actually it's called Palestine right. um, and yeah so I think it's a way uh, to get serious points across mm. in an accessible way and mm. sometimes even an entertaining way. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm just going to add that to, to the list because, yeah, maybe I should make a bit more effort to to read, you know, different types. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so, I mean, it's been really lovely to to kind of talk about, you know, your your both of you, you know, with Minisha and, and yourself, Abunur, about your uh, contribution and, and your work with, with the Hibbe Collective. Um, Nisha, if, if there's, you know, anybody listening and they want to, you know, um, submit to a future issue or they want to get in touch, what's the best way to do that? Um, just follow us online, really. We um, we haven't uh, decided on um, the next theme at all. We haven't really had that conversation. Um, we are loosely an annual theme, so um, you know we might we it might be next year that the next one comes out. Um, but do follow us online. We do usually announce things on our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also check our website. There's actually lots more to do on there. There's um, there's p- uh, work that has appeared in the zine, also appeared in previous issues. If you're not able to um uh if, if you don't have an issue and you kind of want to have a little peek um and we ha- you have our shop there as well so you can kind of see the sort of work that we have um commissioned and um produced in the past um and yeah i mean you can also you, we're we're very sort of down to earth you can give us a a, a message like um send us a, a dm on instagram or twitter um if you have any questions um but yeah we we usually announce um a date uh, a sort of a deadline and a new theme online mm-hmm. um I'm, i don't have any information right now because we have just um, we have just released this one and so we we're actually in the process of um planning a series of events to um to kind of celebrate this to celebrate this issue and uh we'll be talking to some of the contributors and uh, we've already spoken to um each other about the kind of the process of making the zine um mm. so we will be releasing that kind of sort of after ramadan so that that look out for that program sure. uh, i guess Fantastic. So there's obviously that to look forward to, which is great. And obviously the website is www.hithercollective.co.uk. So definitely um, follow the Hither Collective. Um, obviously follow Abunur on, on his Instagram as well. Um, so thank you so much to you both for taking the time out to, to talk to us today. And um, inshallah, you know, I hope, you know, um, Allah grants you, you know, abundant blessings and continued success with, with the work that you're doing. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so that is the end of the book club show. Um, I hope you have had a wonderful time listening to our guests about um, the water issue by the Hither Collective. I will be back in um, a couple of weeks with um, a new book and um, some new guests. So hopefully, please do tune in then. In the meantime, I do wish you um, a wonderful rest of Ramadan and keep us all in your du'as. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.